Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. We're so blessed 
The Lord has uh, certainly blessed us with Miss Ginger. And we both want to say thank you to all of you who were able to come out uh, last Sunday evening and uh, participate in, in uh, the little concert that we gave. Uh, we certainly consider it a wonderful privilege and blessing to share with you the gift that God has given to, to us. And so thank you for coming out and supporting us. And we're planning to do another one on, uh, I think it's April the 28th. I believe that's the last... The last Sunday. You didn't know that? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. The last, the, la the last Sunday of, of April. Okay. The last Sunday of April. That's actually when we were supposed to do the concert. Remember? Yeah. Um, but we thought we'd throw in a, you know, an early one. But uh, so we're planning to do that on April 28th once again. All right? So if you have a request, you need to ask Ginger what you'd like to have her play. Okay? <laughs> throw that over to you. <laughs> but... Uh, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles today to the book of Genesis as we continue <clears throat> our study in uh, the book of, of Genesis and Joseph, the 11th son of Jacob. And uh, the title of the message, Joseph's Brothers Return to Egypt. Joseph's Brothers Return to Egypt. And we're in chapter 43 in the book of Genesis. And beginning at verse 1. Now the famine was severe in the land, and it came to pass, when they had eaten up the grain which they had brought from Egypt, that their father said to them, Go back, buy us a little food. But Judah spoke to him, saying, The man solemnly warned us, saying, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you send our brother with us, we will go down and buy you food. But if you will not send him, we will not go down, for the man said to us, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. And Israel said, Why did you deal so wrongfully with me as to tell the man whether you had still another brother? But they said, The man asked us pointedly about ourselves and our family, saying, Is your father still alive? Have you another brother? And we told him according to these words, Could we possibly have known that he would have said, Bring your brother down. Then Judah said to Israel his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and you and our also our little ones. I myself will be surety for him. From my hand you shall require him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. For if we had not lingered, surely by now we would have returned this second time. And their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Take some of the best fruits of the land in your vessels and carry down a present for the man, a little balm and a little honey, spices and myrrh, pistachio nuts and almonds. Take double money in your hand and take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. Take your brother also and arise. Go back to the man. And may God Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may release your brother, your other brother, and Benjamin. If I am bereaved, I am bereaved. So the men took that present and Benjamin, and they took double money in their hand, and arose and went down to Egypt, and they stood before Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house, Take these men to my home and slaughter an animal and make ready, for these men will die with me at noon, 
And the man did as Joseph ordered, and the man brought the men into Joseph's house. Now the men were afraid because they were brought into Joseph's house, and they said, It is because of the money which was returned in our sacks the first time that we are brought in, so that he may make a case against us and seize us to take us as slaves with our donkeys. When they drew near to the steward of, the, of Joseph's house, they talked with him at the door of the house and said, Oh, sir, we indeed came down the first time to buy food. But it happened when we came to the encampment that we opened our sacks, and there each man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full weight. So we have brought it back in our hand, and we have brought down other money in our hands to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sacks. But he said, Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. So the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water. And they washed their feet, and he gave their donkeys feed. Then they made the present ready for Joseph's coming at noon. For they heard that they would eat bread there. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house and bowed down before him to the earth. Then he asked them about their well-being and said, Is your father well? The old man of whom you spoke, is he alive? And they answered, Your servant, our father, is in good health. He is still alive. And they bowed their heads down and prostrated themselves. Then he lifted his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. Now his heart yearned for his brother. So Joseph made haste and sought somewhere to weep. And he went into his chamber and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out. And he restrained himself and said, Serve the bread. So they set him a place by himself and them by themselves. And the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat food with the Hebrews. For that is an abomination to the Egyptians. And they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked in astonishment at one another. Then he took servings to them from before him. But Benjamin's servant was, serving was five times as much as any of, the, of theirs. So they drank and were merry with him. Let's pray, please. Our Father in God, as we study this portion of Scripture, we pray that you will be our teacher, O Lord. By your Holy Spirit, fill us with understanding and illuminate, O Lord, our sensitivity. And help us to apply your truths to our own individual lives, that we may bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the famine continued there in the land of Egypt as well as in the other countries and they felt it back home in, in Canaan. And you'll recall from last week that when the, the brothers of Joseph went down to Egypt the first time that he entered into dialogue with them and of course they didn't know that this was their brother Joseph. So he asked them very pointed questions about their family and they told him the truth. Now, Jacob starts off by saying, go back and buy us a little food. They, their physical need was they were running out of grain. And so Judah, he begins to explain the conditions for a return to Egypt. 
And they talk about this. And notice the frustration of Jacob. He says, why? Why? Have you ever asked that question? Why? <laughs> it's a part of the human existence, isn't it? So many different uh, challenging situations we find ourselves in. Uh, some of our own choosing. Uh, poor choices or perhaps the, the poor choice of someone close to us or, you know, when you were working, uh, perhaps an employee made a poor choice and, and uh, brought trouble into the organization and you're faced with trying to solve this issue. But here, Jacob is frustrated because of all of the information that his son shared with this ruler in Egypt. And of course, their response is, you know, the man asked us pointed questions. How were we to know that he was going to ask us or, or demand that we bring our brother? And you can picture this, you know, this back and forth between the, the uh, Jacob and, and, and his sons. But there's something else here. Something that, that uh, is often overlooked. Jacob was very self-centered. Notice, he's acting as though it's all about him. Why did you deal so with me? You, you notice what it says there? He's, he's complaining. And yet he's the patriarch. He's the leader of the clan. He's the, he's the leader of the family. And he's the one who, who wrestled with the angel of the Lord. He could have taken the opportunity to say, now boys, let's, let's gather together and let's, let's pray about this. You don't read any of that in there, do you? No. You see, as Jacob, as far as he's concerned, it's all about him. Yeah. Why didn't he lead his family in a time of prayer? To seek God's direction and God's guidance. Well, notice what he, he goes on to say as we move to our second point here. If it must be so. You notice that? Or in other words, poor me. You've heard that song, poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me. Okay. Maybe you've sung that song. <laughs> yeah, we all have a tendency to, to do that, don't we? And notice how he, yeah, I, I put their respect, but there, there should have also been, you know, a, a slash maybe Jacob was also trying to manipulate the situation. Now, in, in uh, Oriental Asian culture, it is a, you know, it's a habit to give gifts out of respect. And, uh, of course, this ruler in Egypt was a royal person. And uh, most befitting of receiving a gift. But you'll recall that when Jacob was on his way home, 
leaving Laban after they had run off, right? He'd, he'd run off and he was running back home after being in Laban's house for about 20 years or so. And he heard that his brother Esau was coming to meet him. You remember, the last time he heard about Esau, Esau said, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> so what does Jacob do? He sends all of these, all of these gifts ahead, thinking, maybe, maybe I can appease his heart and change his mind. And he's doing the same thing here. And he says now, but he is at least a man of, of, of honest character. He says, take double the money. Or maybe it was an oversight. So you make sure you take back the money that you took the first time, and you take more to buy more food. And that is a, that is a positive example for all of us, all of us to follow. <laughs> I... I, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this, but I think I will. I was reading this book by uh, Charles Swindoll on the life of, on the life of Joseph. And uh, he was talking about integrity and character. And he, he said, long ago, there was this couple that uh, went to a KFC. And uh, so they, they'd gone through the drive-thru and they, they put in an order. And they got their order and, and they drove off and they went off to a little park. They were gonna have a little picnic. See. Well, when they opened the bag and stuck their hand in there, the bag was full of money. No chicken, just a bunch of money. <laughs> and uh, so the, the guy said to the lady, he said, uh, we need to take this back. We, we need to take this back. And so she agreed, so they, they went back and they, and they you know, went up to the counter and they said, you know, we ordered um, some chicken, but we, we got a bag full of money. And the manager was still in there. He said, oh, oh, thank you so much. He said, I can't believe that there are still people in the world honest like you. And he said, what happened was I was getting ready to make the deposit at the bank and I, I didn't have anything to put it in, so I put it in that bag. Well, when the gal at the window, you know, had reached for their order, she grabbed the wrong bag. So the guy, uh, the, uh, the manager of the store said, you know, this is such a wonderful thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the news and, and, and uh, you know, people need to know that there are still honest people in this world. The guy said, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Don't do that. And he said, oh, no, people need to know. He said, no, don't do that. And he pulled the guy off to the side, and he said, well, 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 well why would you want that? He said, because she's not my wife. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, they took back double the money. <laughs> and he says, take Benjamin with you. So he surrenders. But he says, you know, if it, if it must be so, and, and if I have to be bereaved, well, then I have to be bereaved. You, you see that? He's singing the poor me song. Why didn't he lead his family in prayer and say, all of our lives are in the hand of God, right? And let's trust in him that he will provide. 
He should have learned that from his, from his grandfather Abraham. We studied Abraham's life. And when his son Isaac, you'll recall, when they were on their way to Mount Moriah, where Isaac was to be sacrificed, and Isaac asked that question, Father, we, we have the wood and the fire, but, but where is the lamp of the sacrifice? And what was Abraham's response? God will provide, my son. God will provide. And God does provide. Amen? Now, he does, he does demonstrate a certain amount of trust. He says, and may, may God Almighty give you mercy. May he give you mercy in the eyes of this Egyptian man. But they could also be the groanings of a fearful old man who saw himself as a victim of circumstances instead of a champion for God. How do you view your life? Are you a champion for God? Or do you consider yourself a victim of circumstances? There's a lot to learn there. A lot to learn. Well, moving on. So the men arose and went down to Egypt. They come before Joseph and they don't even realize that as they bow down and prostrate themselves before their brother, that his dreams are coming true. Those dreams that he dreamt as a little boy. Because you'll recall, he dreamt that his 11 brothers would bow down before him. And there they were, bowing down. Yet they didn't have any idea. But he tells his steward to take them to his home because he plans... To treat them with grace. So he goes off and his brothers now, they begin to worry. They're filled with fear. You see, because they know they're guilty, don't they? They, they know they're guilty. And what are they guilty of? They're guilty of having sold their brother into slavery so many years before. And that guilt continues to eat away at them. And then they make the statement, well, he's, he's, he's taking us into his home so he can, he can make a case against us because of the money that was in our sacks. Instead of, instead of trusting in God. And notice, they, they speak to the, the steward and they say, now, you know, uh, when we came down the first time, we, we paid for, for all of this grain. We paid for it. But uh, we found the money in our sacks. And how does the steward respond? Be at peace. Be at peace. No worries. No worries. Your God and your Father's God has given you treasure in your sack. Perhaps Joseph shared the life of the Lord with this steward. And they most certainly saw the blessing of God upon Joseph's life. For wherever Joseph was, God, the Bible teaches us, was with him and God blessed him. Wherever he went, whatever situation, whether it was a positive one or a negative one, if it was negative, God turned it into a positive one. And positive, he super blessed him 
and made him ruler over all of Egypt. In uh, our Sunday school lesson, again, there was that question, and, and Ray was teaching our lesson. He asked that question, what, what do you do with the, the call upon your life, God's call? What does here I am mean to you? God asked Isaiah, the question went out, who will go for us? Who will go? And Isaiah responded, here I am, send me. Peace, your God has given you treasure. But now notice as Joseph comes in, he sees all of his brothers, and he sees his younger brother Benjamin, and he's filled with tremendous emotion. And the Bible says that in his heart, yearned for his brother. So much so that he had to he had to excuse himself and go off and weep and cry. Now you see, here's the thing. Joseph was so wise. So wise. And as we look at his life, he is a type of Christ. As Jesus comes into Jerusalem in that final week, and he, he weeps, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you like a mother hen gathers her brood, but you would not. And so your house is left to you desolate. And as far as the crowds were concerned, praising him, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, they, they would have been all in favor of him just calling down the, the angels of heaven and him conquering Rome and all of the, the Jewish uh, leaders, etc., etc. But then he would have avoided the cross and we would have all been left in our sinful state. Joseph takes his time. He's very patient. He doesn't reveal himself. But he is moved because he is genuinely in love with his family. And consider the love that God has for us, even then while we were sinners. The Bible says enemies of God. He commended his love toward us toward us and that he sent his son to die upon the cross for us so that we could be invited to the great feast of heaven's treasure well what did we learn from these passages God works all things out for the good of his people Romans 8.28 because God is faithful he works it all out for our good and for the accomplishment of his will. And then stubbornness and worry often get in the way and delay the desired outcome. Judah said to his father, if you hadn't delayed us, we could have gone and come back by now. Perhaps twice. But he was stubborn and he was self-centered and he was filled with worry. Worry, poor me, poor me, poor me. God uses countless ways to accomplish his will because he's sovereign. And you remember what Jesus said, worry. What does worry do for you? In the Sermon on the Mount. Okay? He said, you, you, you can't change your circumstances, but God can. 
And God uses those circumstances to accomplish his will and to use you to bring honor and glory to him. Because God blesses his people with grace. Now this, this verse in Ephesians. Now unto him, unto him, that is God, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think. To him be glory, both now and forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord. What do you face in your life and what is holding you back from serving the Lord as he would have you to serve? What do you face in your life that keeps you from accomplishing God's will in your life? God wants you to know he loves you. And his love is indescribable. Now, I was thinking about those of you from time to time, you bring your, your grandchildren. And I want to encourage all of you, if you're able, and your grandchildren are here, to invite them and bring them to church because they're the next and, and, the, and the subsequent generations so that they will know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Bring them. Because you see how things are transpiring in our world. You see how this world continues to slide down that tunnel of complete and total depravity. And sadly, most people don't know that if you read the book of Romans, in that first chapter it says, that as people continue and choose to reject God, there comes a point when he just turns them over to themselves. And he says, if that's what you want, then have all, all of that. And humanly speaking, they're beyond hope. And unless God, by his divine mercy, intercedes in their, in their lives, they're lost and lost forever. Don't let that happen to your children or to your grandchildren or to your great-grandchildren. You have a tremendous, tremendous both privilege and responsibility to share God's love with them and tell them the truth. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation, softly and tenderly. And maybe you've accepted the Lord as your Savior, but you've never followed a believer's baptism. You need to be baptized. It's a public profession of faith in the end as your Lord and Savior. You come. Or maybe you, you've been attending, but you haven't come forward to, to officially join. You come. As we sing, you come. Don't delay. Let's stand, please. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.